in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandGunsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 642 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are back in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, it seems like uh, when my son was younger and he would go trick-or-treating, I... I, I knew who Iron Man was. I, I knew who Spider-Man was. I knew all the Marvel characters. The past couple of years, he's come up with some costumes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't and wait to hear about He this. walked out the door the other day. I had no idea what he was. And I have to say, he got a little pummeled at school. So uh, we'll talk about that. Also, I love this story about Adele. She stopped a show the other night for a very specific reason. And I want to find out from Ron, have you ever been to a rock show where all of a sudden the show stopped? And why did the artist Stop the show. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Some breaking news about real estate and also some breaking news about commissions. Ron, this is a lawsuit that uh, we've been watching, I'd say, for the past 18 months. And uh, finally, there's a verdict. What is the lawsuit exactly? Yeah, so I I do need to say that this is a little bit confusing because this happened in Kansas City, Missouri. And so let's all, um, and I'll need to explain some of the structure, but basically there's a $1.8 billion verdict against the National Association of Realtors, Keller Williams in Missouri, and one other real estate company there. And so these are different than Washington State, but kind of the same. The concept is the same. So what what happened was um, uh, there was a class action lawsuit where some people in Missouri so looked at sellers mostly looked at their commissions or looked at their sheet when they finished selling their house. So let's just use a real example. You know, you have a couple, they sell their family home for a million dollars. They're looking at the, you get a, what's called a settlement statement. So they're looking at their settlement statement and they see on their side of the transaction that a commission for the listing broker came out of their side and also a commission for the buyer's broker also came out of their side. And so some uh, people got together with lawyers and like, why is this? Why is this the way that it is? This seems unfair. It is because it, it, it is unfair. And it's like, why am I paying, or why is both of these amounts coming out of of my side of the ledger? And so there's a reason for that, which we can get into in a minute. And so they filed a lawsuit, and what they the lawsuit basically alleged is that in the state of Missouri, their MLS, so we need to say what an MLS is. An MLS is a multiple listing service, and there are different ones in every state. All right, and so it's a membership database, basically, and brokers and real estate agencies pay a fee to their local MLS, and the agreement is we're going to take all the real estate info and put it into one database, and that database will be very valuable because that will be the only place that you could get a comprehensive look at everything that's for sale uh, in a given marketplace, and it is very valuable. 
And so back in the day, before the internet, um, you literally had to go to a real estate office and they had a three ring binder printed out that had all the listings in it. That's the only way you could get the listings mm. is you had to go to the, the literal real estate office. And so that's why there were so many brick and mortar stores on Main Street around here. Cause you, if you wanted to buy or sell a house, you had to make an appointment, mm. go to that building and you sat there and you flipped through a three ring binder until you found the house that you wanted. Then with the internet, everything changed with way information was doled out. And so the lawsuit is saying these companies colluded with each other to keep commissions the same. Uh, and so the, the industry standard was 3% for on each side. So a total of 6% of the house. So if it was a million dollar house, uh, that would be $60,000 in compensation. Half of it goes to the, the listing broker. Half of it goes to the buyer's broker. Does that make sense? It does make sense, yeah. And so these people sued. Uh, this went through, and they had documents, and they had uh, internal communications with Keller Williams and some other brokerages in Missouri that where they they did collude. They did uh, work with their agents and with other agencies to say, we need to, we need to toe the line and keep this at 6%. Mm-hmm. We need to, for everybody to agree that this is the industry standard and it's 6%. And, and in Missouri, which is, this is a little bit different than Washington, they would, they would not list your house uh, until you signed as part of their agreement that you agreed to this commission structure. Wow. And so if you didn't agree to it, then your house would be shown to zero people. It, yeah. They would not include it in the MLS. So the case went through. Um, they ended up losing. The National Association of Realtors in Keller Williams, Missouri, ended up losing this case. And so the jury said... For the 500,000 families that have, or individuals that have bought and sold property in Missouri, uh, we are awarding $1.8 billion uh, in damages. Uh, so the NAR is said they're going to appeal. Keller Williams says they're going to appeal. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway, which is uh, a Warren Buffett company, they said th- they are going to also join in this appeal, and they have reasons for for doing that. But so this is very big news that I think will affect how commissions are thought about nationwide. Yeah, I, I have to say, and and if you've listened to the Ron and Don show for a while, you probably know the big brokerage. Uh, that we first worked for. And I remember there's a friend of mine, my electrician, uh, his father had passed away. And his father had a lot of money sunk into his house, but then he also had a reverse mortgage on the house. And so anyway, my friend who is my electrician is very handy. Uh, We went and did some work to the house and then it was time to sell the house. And because he's my friend... And because his dad had spent so much money on this reverse mortgage, and I knew that the money coming out was going to go to help the, all the grandkids uh, that were left, help them go to school, uh, Ron and I talked it over, and we said, you know, let, let, let's, let's cut our commission here. Let, let, let's cut our commission so that we can put more money in their pocket. And so we did that. So it was very interesting because we ended up getting a call from the president of the big brokerage house that we work for. And he's like, hey, he was very livid. He was mad. And he's like, you guys cannot do that. And we said, do what? 
and he said, uh, you, you, you can't, you can't sell a house with our brokerage house and cut the commission like that. Uh, and we asked why that was. And he said, you know what? You signed a contract with me that you're going to toe the line on the commission structure. So I expect you to toe the line. So we, we were forced to go back out on the MLS because all this information is printed. And we had to change that number back. Uh, and, and then I was also told that everybody in our brokerage signed the same agreement and did the same thing. It was interesting because because I, I as as I matured becoming a realtor, I would go out sometimes, and even though we're Ron and Don and we sell the sound and we have more leverage outside the MLS than anyone else does, we we still have to show up and keep compete with other realtors uh, in order, for instance, to sell someone's home. So I remember I was talking to a woman who had three properties, and we went kind of over our commission structure. And she came back to me and she said, hey, I just want to let you guys know that I think you had the best presentation, but I didn't choose you. And I said, well, why didn't you choose me? And she said, well, I found somebody that was willing to cut the commission and and do it for a little less. Uh, And I think the commission that she was paying was actually very fair for these three properties because her properties were in very good shape. They were all turnkey. All you had to do was walk in. There's not a lot of work that these properties needed. And so she said, I, I went with this other realtor. And I said, could you tell me where the realtor is from? And she said, yeah, the realtor is from your brokerage house. And I'm like, what? So I, I, I picked up the phone. I called the same president and I said, hey, you remember last year when, when, when you wouldn't allow me to help, to help a friend with, with, with our commission where we were selling his home? He's like, yeah. And I said, remember that we all signed this agreement that we can't cut commissions? He's like, yeah. Then why did so-and-so from our brokerage house just cut her commission in order to get the deal? And I never got a straight answer on that. So I have to say, these big brokerage houses are in trouble, right? Because most of them, think about this, it's like McDonald's. Does McDonald's make a lot of money selling burgers? Yeah, but where they really make the money, if you've watched the movie about Ray Kroc, where they really make the money is they own the property underneath the McDonald's. That's like a lot of these brokerage houses that you see in the neighborhoods. A lot of these families that own these brokerage houses, they charge lots of money to these realtors that sit at desks so that they can turn around and pay for all this real estate that they own. So anyway, I have to say, I think this is a good day and it is ridiculous that people haven't been able to negotiate commissions. And I'll tell you this right now, when we walk into a home and there's so much work to do on this home, then yeah, we deserve a full commission. But if you walk into that home and it's turnkey, and the seller of that home has done all the work and all the buyer's agent has to do is bring in a couple buyers and sign some paperwork because the seller has done their job. They deserve to have that commission talked about and they deserve in their first meeting to sit down and say, hey, let's negotiate this commission. I actually think this is a good day for real estate. Uh, and it is certainly a good day uh, for everybody in the Pacific Northwest because this is going to have rippling effects now as well. So, yeah, and I just want to clarify for us. So, the state of Washington, uh, the Northwest MLS is is an independently owned MLS. 
they saw this lawsuit working its way through the courts and preemptively changed this. So now in the state of Washington, you can negotiate. It's in the new listing agreement to negotiate the compensation for both sides. And then I will say the final thing, because I have to deal this every time we do a transaction, you, it is still to this day, both commissions come out of the seller side. And the reason for that is because uh, most people, I'd say the lion's share, 90% of people, when they're putting together their down payment, they don't have the cash to pay for compensation. And so over the decades, the industry evolved in such a way to allow buyers to finance their compensation and build it into their home loan. And so the reason why it all comes out of one side is because the buyers build in their uh, commission to their agent into the loan. All of the money goes to the seller because the bank is giving it to the seller. And then the seller's brokerage house then splits it back out and, and gives the money back to the buyer's agent. And that way, those buyers can finance their commission over the life of the loan. It's a weird uh, accounting technique, but that's the way it's evolved. And so all of these commission structures baked in to the prices of going back years and years and years. This lawsuit might undo that. And it might be a thing where that changes. But so in Washington state, as we sit here and record this show today, that is still the way it's. And I think the law should should undo that. And I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you what you should do instead and what your realtor should do instead. And we're going to talk about that on our real estate only podcast. That's going to be episode 645 this week. So 42, 43, 40, yeah, 645. It's coming out on Friday and we'll talk more about this because it is unfair to the seller to do all the work that you do to that house. And then you have to, you, you have to pay both sides. It feels unfair. Uh, and at the same time, if you have a lot of deferred maintenance and your realtor ha- comes in and has to bring in all these contractors and do all this work, they have certainly earned that commission as well. All right. So episode 645, we'll talk more about this landmark lawsuit, but just make sure if you're talking to us or talking to anyone, don't be afraid to have a conversation about commissions. You get to, and you should, we will see you in 30 seconds. Hey, you guys, I've been telling you about this for probably a decade and a half. It's Les Schwab's free pre-trip safety check. It includes really a long list of visual inspections. So if you're going to be driving around this summer, like I'm going to be doing G-Force and Charlie, stop by a Les Schwab tire center. They'll throw your rig up on the rack, and they're going to check out your vehicle. They're going to give you their very best, honest opinion and advice on all your options if there's issues. If they're not, here's the cool thing. They're just going to send you on your way free of charge. The other guys, typically, well, they charge a couple hundred dollars to look at a rig, not at Les Schwab. So schedule your appointment today at LesSchwab.com. You can stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since when, let's say it together, 1952. Hey, you guys, Ron and Don here for Ron and Don Real Estate. We have some clients that are part of the Ron and Don Nation. They listened to the podcast. They called us a couple months ago, and they said, you know, we want to sell sometime first part of the year in 2024. Is it too early to be talking? And Ron, we said, absolutely not. In fact, 
They are looking for a home in Bend, Oregon right now. They're going to be moving from the Edmonds community. And the cool thing is this has given them enough time to for us to come over. We all went over and we said, hey, here's some things. Here's some work that you could do on your house because they're, they're like, we're retired. We love to do some work, but point us in the right direction. Here's some work that you can do on your house. You're going to save lots of money. More money is going to show up in the sale. Here's some other things that when you guys are out of the house, I'll bring in a contractor and we'll correct and we'll fix. And then here's some other things you you shouldn't you shouldn't remedy. You shouldn't you should pass this on. And a lot of it had to do with tile colors and remodeling and all that. I said, you know what? Let's pass that on to the next buyer. And in the meantime, this has given them a lot of time to do their own work prepare their own house, bring it to market. And Ron, they're going to save and make a lot of money because they reached out to us early, right? It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. We can't emphasize that enough. We would love to meet with you, see if we'd make a good team. And you go to ronanddonsitdown.com, set up that Zoom meeting. Uh, I'll reach out to you as soon as I get it. We'll get it on the books and then we'll start your real estate process. It begins at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, we did a sit-down the other day uh, with one of our clients. We're actually be selling their home next summer, right? It's the fall of 2023. We've come up with a plan to sell it next summer, even into the fall of 2024. That's the kind of preparation that we need to have in order to get the maximum value for your house, okay? So... If we're selling in 2024, reach out now. We'll do a sit down. It's 30 to 40 minutes with us online. We have a conversation and a cup of coffee. And then we'll come out and visit the property uh, and give you an evaluation of what we think your house would be worth now, what it would be worth during the holidays, and what it would be worth during different times of 2024. Because believe it or not, Depending on the home, sometimes they're, they, they are worth more in the spring than they are in the summer. And sometimes they're certainly worth more in the fall than they are in the winter. So timing is crucial. All right. Ron and Don, sit down.com and uh, we can sit down today. You can also reach out to us personally, write Ron, Ron at Ron and Don.com. And I'm Don at Ron and Don. Adele, I have to say, I think she's really cool. And I love the fact that she'll stop her concert every once in a while. Usually it's to save someone that's being crushed. (laughs) Rappers don't do that, man. They encourage the crushing, right? Anyway, she stopped a show the other day. And the reason she stopped the show is because she saw her doctor in the audience. And she's like, hey, she delivered my baby right there. I got to love that about Adele. Anyway, Ron's been to a lot more shows than I have over the years. Uh, I specifically remember a show down in Tacoma where I think Kiss was playing. And were you at that show? I was at that show. And did, did, so tell me a little, have you ever been to a show where the artist stopped the show? I remember that Kiss story, but I wasn't there. I was there down at Tacoma Dome where Bono stopped the show. And then he went and didn't he order a pizza? And we were at that show together, Zuropa. Yeah. Did, didn't he order a pizza for that, the that White House? That was part of the act, though. Was that part that of the act? That was part of the act. The Kiss one, I was at the Kiss concert in, in the Tacoma Dome, and they did this part. If you've been to Kiss shows, you know. Well, you, you should back up. Tacoma Dome is the largest wooden um, domed 
amphitheater, if you are a theater a stadium, oh, it's, it's stick. Built. It's made out of wood. Wow, these laminated wood beams uh, in, in America, maybe the world, but I know in America it's the largest wooden structure like that. Hmm. And so there was this part of the show where Gene Simmons was going to be lifted up on cables uh, to this on top of the speaker stack. They had put, uh, the, you know, they always hang those speakers above the stage. And on top of that, they had a microphone that was bolted to the top of the speaker. And so he, a guy would come out when the lights were down, hook him up to these two wires. He'd be playing his bass solo. They'd lift him in the air. Uh, and then they would deposit him on top of the speakers at the top. And then he would do whatever song he was doing. He's probably singing Lick It Up. And then, uh, no, I think Paul, Paul, Paul Stanley did Lick It Up. Okay. Uh, and then at the, at the end of the deal, these pyro would go off and the pyrotechnics would explode. Lights would go out and they would then bring him back down to the stage. So they're doing this part of the, the show. Uh, and I'm watching it and I was like, it's, it's cheesy, but it's so cheesy that it comes back around to kind of being cool. <laughs> and so they lift him up. He's on top of the deal. They spotlight on him. The pyro goes off and it lights the top of the ceiling on fire. Wow. Inside the T dome. It's yeah. w- wood. Yeah. And so it starts to burn. There's flames coming out. The thing goes dark and I'm sitting there going, is that part of the show <laughs> where the, the flames continue to burn after yeah. the deal? So like it just, the, the lights don't come back on. So next thing you know, a couple of minutes go by, the flames are still going. It's at the top of the building. Yeah. So then the house light comes on and they basically like, show's over. Everybody get out of here. We got to put this uh, fire out before it burns down the Tacoma Dome. Yeah. So that one was definitely stopped. I think they extinguished it. They hooked someone up to the same harness with a fire extinguisher, went up there and, and put it out. And wow. I, I think they ended the show. If you remember that show in the T-Dome, uh, email me, ron at ronadon.com. But uh, if my voice was in better shape, I would do my Paul Stanley imitation, yeah, like which I love, but I can't, it hurts my voice to do it. Yeah. Uh, the one that I remember, and I don't know if you were at this show or not, was the Pearl Jam Cypress Hill Magnuson Park show. Nope. When Pearl Jam 10 became a worldwide phenomenon, they did their first homecoming show, and it was at Magnuson Park. And so they had, it was an outdoor show, and Cypress Hill opened up. This was back when um, Cypress Hill was huge. And Insane in the Membrane and all those songs had come out. And they had this stage. This is the, the show, if you were if you were a Pearl Jam fan, the famous picture of Eddie Vedder hanging from the light truss, singing into the microphone that is wrapped around. He was trying to swing his microphone around like Roger Daltrey would do, and he let it go, and it went up and got caught in the light truss. And so he climbed up the light truss on the side of the stage and then shimmied out and finished the song screaming <laughs> into but he's hanging like 40 feet above the stage and people were freaking out. It was wow. that show. Wow. But at one point in the show, um, people were bouncing so hard uh, on the ground. There was such a frenzy. The um, barricade collapsed. And so there's this metal barricade and the way it's supposed to work is if you're standing, it's like L shaped. And so if the, the more weight that is on the L part, the harder it would be to tip the metal barricade over. Uh, and so the concept is if people are pushing towards the barricade, it gets harder and harder to push over the more weight there is on the bottom of the L. And so except evidently if everyone's bouncing at the same time. Yeah. And so people got into this rhythmic bouncing uh, mm. to the beat and the entire thing just collapsed. Mm. And so 
I mean, I don't know how many people would be there, at least hundreds, hmm. if not thousands of people were, you know, crushed up against the stage. The thing collapsed and, and they stopped the show there. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was Eddie Vedder, um, stopped the show, made everybody sort of back up and, and, and unpile, uncrush these people that were down at the bottom. Uh, and then you had all the security and the roadies and everybody that were flooded in. They were trying to pull because there were some, you know, women that weighed, you know, 80 pounds, 90 yeah. pounds, and they're trying to pull them out from underneath that pile. So I, I don't think that anyone was seriously injured. Like back in the day, they had that who concert where I think 12 people died from getting crushed. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't think that anyone was seriously injured, but though, those were the two that really jump out at me. Now, I remember we were in our mid twenties. So like 30 years ago, uh, and Ron and I were living in Seattle at the time. We were East siders and we got jobs wearing those yellow jackets for concert security. And I think we got paid $3 and 25 cents an hour those jackets were so damn hot. I remember wearing those like a University of Washington game. And and we were too poor to get into any shows. So we would go do that. I was amazed at how physical it would get with people down in the mosh pit if you were if you were up providing stage security. Uh, there was a lot of pushing, shoving, punching, and everybody seemed to like it. <laughs> My most vivid memory of us doing that is we were working stage I, I, I security. <laughs> I think it was for an Alice in Chains show. Yeah. And uh, a guy got up on the stage. He was a big guy, probably pushing 300 pounds. And he got up on the stage during the mosh pit section and was going to, he wanted to dive out and stage surf because Lane Staley had just stage dove. Yeah. As he so showed. he dives off of the thing, off the stage, the entire crowd parts <laughs> like the Red Sea. And he hit the ground oh. with that sickening thud oh. where it's just like, poof, and it was like, ah, they yeah. did not want to catch the 300 pounder. Yeah. Hope he's okay. Uh, don't go anywhere. Coming back. Uh, not sure what my son was for Halloween. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans. Mitch, you have a really cool new product for investors. I think it's kind of the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, so we have a great new investor cash flow program. And what this is, is we take the house you are buying and we inspect it, not you, the borrower. And so what we do is we look at the house and we say, will it cash flow? If you put 20% down, will it make more money than it's going to cost you to keep paying off your mortgage? And if it does, it's yours. It doesn't matter what you make on your own. It doesn't matter all these other things that we usually have to document. They don't matter. They're gone. It's just, does this house make sense? And if it does, you can buy. All right, so you can go up to four doors, up to four units on this. And uh, Don and I have never heard of a product like this. It's pretty exciting if you've been wanting to get into the investment game. So go to Mitch.loans right now. Set up a time to talk to Mitch. See if you qualify for this new program. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Again, if you need us, just reach out, ronadonsitdown.com. And don't forget... We are regional realtors that sell 
the sound. All right. Yeah. We have the biggest social media following, I think, of any realtor in Washington State. And that's why we can reach so many buyers and sellers that are even outside the MLS. So reach out to us, ronadonsitdown.com. And uh, let's see if we'd be good teammates uh, today. Uh, this is kind of kind of interesting as we we finish up here. Uh, I, I always love Halloween, and I love Halloween because I've got to watch my son dress up over the years. Usually, what what he dresses up in involves cardboard, and then when we try to go trick or treating, it always rains, and then he comes back as a soggy piece of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> And somehow green paint is always involved. So this year, and I think like a lot of kids. And how that, old is he? Like eighth grade? He, yeah, he's he's eighth grade. He's 13. There's an eighth grade dance now this year. He wasn't sure if he was going to dress up. I think 13 is my last year of trick-or-treating. Yeah. Well, I, 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 last year, I guess, was the last year he was going to trick-or-treat with me because I usually take him around the neighborhood. And this year, he didn't He didn't want homie walking around the neighborhood. He wanted to walk around yeah. with his friends, which is right. He's a man now. He's a man. I can get full-size candy bars on my own. So, so anyway, he told me that he was going to go trick-or-treating with his friend. And then I was just kind of waiting to see what the costume was and is because he's very specific. And my understanding was is that he was dressing up as a character from the video game from a video game. Okay. But I don't play a lot of video games, so in fact I don't play any video games. So I, I wasn't sure what this character was. So it was like an obscure character. I don't know. All, okay. I, all I know is I said, hey, do you need some help with your costume? He's like, nope. Got I, it. I got a handle. And I'm like, Dad, leave me alone. Yeah, and I have some pretty cool stuff around here from our time with the Raiders. We have a Raider helmet, and a, uh, like a real game-worn helmet, and a real game-worn jersey, and I have all, you know, there, I had all kinds of ideas. All stuff that you would dress up as for Halloween. Right. He could wear, he could just make it simple, wear his flag football uniform or something. And, when you're 13 years, you're not simple yet. You want it to be complicated. Yeah, so, so, so so anyway, he comes down the other morning. <laughs> so tell me what this is. He has on blue shorts. Okay. He has on white socks. Okay. He has on pink slippers that would look like grandma's kind of slippers. Like okay, fluffy slippers. Very very fluffy. All right. And then he 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 was supposed to wear a blue sweatshirt. So I gave him a blue sweatshirt. He was not convinced that the sweatshirt was blue. He's like, this is a black sweatshirt. I have to have a blue sweatshirt. So anyway. Blue shorts, blue sweatshirt, pink shoes. Yeah. And he ended up putting a sweatshirt on to me that was black. So, but it was supposed to be blue. And and, and so there was a little issue there. And that's and just, the costume? No. no. Oh, okay. And then really fluffy, fluffy, fluffy white gloves. No mask or hat? Or- no. Fluffy white gloves, like oversized Mickey Mouse gloves? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is, that, is it Sonic the Hedgehog? I don't. I, I have seen Sonic the Hedgehog, and it did not look like Sonic the Hedgehog. And he, he does a lot of drawing, and you see on my refrigerator downstairs, he's I think he's it, drawn well, What did pictures. he say it was? I didn't ask. I think it's Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't ask because I knew I know him putting on the pink grandma slippers was kind of bothering him. And I think as I was driving him to school, if I looked at him and just went, hey, what are you supposed to be? Because I knew he was going to get pummeled at school with the same well, question. Well, maybe not. Maybe all the kids at school know who he's going to be. Well, he, he, he got in the car at, at the end of the school dance. We went to... He's, he, he wore that to the dance? He goes to rock. He wore it. 
Uh, wow. You said it was a big hit. <laughs> I love it. So I don't know what it was. He was very confident about it. It was a big hit. Good. He, he said he didn't get pummeled at school. Love it. And and evidently all the other kids knew what it was, and, and I have no idea. So that, that sounds perfect to me. <laughs> hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. And if you need us, just reach out. Yeah, ronanddonsitdown.com is the website. You can email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. And hey, we're getting towards the end of the year. Going into next year, let's get a game plan uh, with what you're going to do with real estate. So if you need a bigger place, a smaller place you need to right size maybe a, a family member is uh, going into assisted care or maybe has passed away and you have a piece of real estate that you need help with uh, reverse mortgages we can help in all of those scenarios so let's do a sit down ron and don sit down.com yeah we do with a lot of estates where a lot of our listeners are boomers your parents have passed away you lost a loved one there's a reverse mortgage there's probate there's all that stuff we deal with that a lot we're very comfortable with that and uh we love uh, to help those of you that maybe are going through a hard time. In fact, I was on the phone with someone this morning and their mom just passed away about a month ago. And all of a sudden there's these properties that were left behind in a trust and they just don't know what to do with them. So, uh, so we're working through that right now. So if you need us, ronandonsitdown.com and let's start your real estate journey today. And we would love to be a part of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don show. If you need the newsletter, uh, go to ronanddon.com and get signed up. Thanks for listening to this podcast and Ron and Don TV. In fact, we just had our TV cameras on in our studio. Uh, we're building it right now. We can't wait for you to see it. The first part of the year, uh, you will see us on TV, on YouTube. We're excited to bring that to you. And you're going to find out uh, that Ron and I are not as fat and ugly as you think you are. I think we are. <laughs> Hey, for Charlie the dog, Paul, who's in Ireland, who's helping to produce this show, Alex, that does all our social media, and our good friend John Baker, who was just here, uh, for my son, who uh, is going to take us out. You'll hear his little voice in a moment. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. When you need us, just reach out at ronanddonsitdown.com. Follow us on our social media channels. I'm Don O'Neill. He's Ron Upshaw. And thanks for giving us five-star reviews. It means the world to us, all right? Radio and real estate. We sell the sound. Until next time. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Only.